Hey, Dr. Aaron here in the heart of West Hollywood, and I'm super excited because we're talking about men dating and consciousness. And I've always had a fantasy of having two men. Just kidding. But I thought, you know what? Why not? At least on the show, right? I can go there. So uh, I'm so excited to have Corey Jenkins and Rob Mack. You guys, thanks so much for coming down here. You bet. Thanks for having mm -hmm. So the intention of today's show is to get a little goofy, but to have the conversation about men consciously dating i think that we're coming to a time in history where men are kind of beginning to go where do i stand in all this we have marriages down the stats are going down for the younger generations they're actually getting you know marriage as actually kind of almost going away for the younger generations we have men who are literally you know trying to decide am i polyamorous mm -hmm. am i what's authentic what's not and i want to talk to you guys today because i think you guys are very highly evolved um core you are you know a coach with um high-end coaching and you've had the mailroom tv show yeah. on youtube and rob mack is a love coach on famously single and so i think you guys have a lot of wisdom so uh i guess what is the first question the first question is what do you think what do you think is happening where do you where do you think this whole thing is going with men and consciousness and dating. I'll make one comment to get started, which is I do think that the rules have all been lifted. For those of us who have been willing to take a closer look, we realize that it's very possible that what we actually want could be different than what we were taught. There were all these rules for the previous generations. Uh, you get married only to the opposite sex, you do it by a certain age, blah, 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 blah. And now, because it's socially acceptable for us to explore our inner desires, it's leaving us with a lot more responsibility in the whole situation, which to me is beautiful and wonderful, but at the same time, it does require us to be strong in our self-discovery process. I love that. Mm, it's profound. Love yeah, that. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to agree with Corey. Yeah, top that. Call that up, man. I'll have to wait and get you something a lot better later. <laughs> but yeah, I would say that, um, you know, definitely agree with Corey on that. I think it's, you live in a much more complex and um, sort of era and much more confusing era. And um, I think that's both a good thing and a frustrating thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think that more now than ever, we have more choices um, than ever before and um, more of a sort of an opportunity to realize and fulfill uh, sort of a lot of the wants and desires that we do have. Um, and so I think people are both feeling more free in lots of ways and also more frustrated, mm -hmm. right? So there's a paradox of choice Completely. challenge. So I was up uh, at a little event in Santa Barbara the other week and this uh, kind of 30 year old uh, guy started talking to me and maybe it was hitting on me, I don't know, but he was having a conscious conversation about his sexuality. He said, I don't know what to do. Like I, I literally have a huge sex drive and I'm with like a girlfriend and I'm looking at other women going by and they're always mad and I don't know how to handle all this. Mm. And uh, I thought, well, what if you just got authentic and mm. just kind of, even if you don't have to act on it, begin to at least have the conversation of being authentic and getting real about what your desires are mm. and then kind of finding a balance of what works and doesn't work. But I'm a true believer that if you were really to come out with your truth, that there's always somebody, I mean, that's the truth of the universe, that there's always somebody for, for everyone. What mm. do you guys think about that? Should, should men, should they, you know, just be completely true to all their desires or should they actually begin to, you know, get in touch with what's a higher purpose, if you will, within relationship? What do you guys think about all that? You go first on this. Man, you had, somebody, you had like 15 questions in there. I know, sorry. Awesome. They're all, I don't know answer them all. Um, you know, I'd say the first thing uh, that you sort of underscore is that the ways in which like love and sex are 
um, confounded, right? So we have to unpack a lot of that, unpack our ideas of love and sex and the ways in which we think that they're always um, in perfect alignment with each other, that love means sex or sex means love. And so that's, that can be a challenge in and of itself, I think, um, just that piece. You know, the other thing is um, that I, I do love the idea of being authentic. Um, I mean, what's the use of living a life that, you know, isn't true to who you are and true to what you want? And that being said, um, I don't think we um, want to go off and running and chasing every little whim and wish that we have in our lives. I think it's a recipe for unhappiness and it's a recipe for disaster. And so I think it requires diving deep into yourself to understand what is a true desire and what is a true need and what is not. Mm -hmm. And I think often we'll be surprised that what we think are true desires or true needs absolutely aren't. I love, like, I'm so glad you guys are on this show because you're like, I'm like, yes, it's the right answer. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here to validate you. Yeah, okay, is. cool. That's yeah. all that matters. <laughs> I think my comment would complement what Rob was saying because this is a tricky situation, meaning that we've been told it should be a certain way. Rob, you should feel a certain way. Yeah. Love is this, marriage is this, sex is this. <laughs> and then we feel these desires, which are different often and of course they do change plus everybody's a little bit different in how they feel these things so to me and again not to go all serious now but this is where for me i needed to have something to turn to to get direction and it is what i call a spiritual life or a spiritual guide and it's it, it's my personal thing but it's where i go when i have a situation where i'm trying to decide how do i want to build my life so do I experience sexual attraction to more women than just my partner? I do. So let me put that up against what type of relationship do I want to be in? And that's a big question because I don't have to be in a monogamous marriage relationship. I get to choose what kind of relationship I want to create. However, it requires work. So in that example you're giving, if that person does not want to be in a monogamous relationship with one person, there is a responsibility to let the other people involved know, whether it's the current partner, if he has one, or the other people. And you know, to me, that's the theme that came up on our show, my other show all the time was, tell people what you're doing mm -hmm. and then empower them to decide. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how when you tell someone what you're actually looking for, you may find that somebody else also wants to have a short-term sexual experience with you, or they might not but you never know until you're willing to bring to the table what it is that you're actually looking for. And um, you know, to me, you gotta have that conversation. Yeah, I agree completely. It's so fascinating, so fascinating. So what's interesting is I did some research on what's happening with relationships. And what's fascinating is that literally marriage is majorly decreasing among millennials. Hmm. And they say that uh, a majority portion of millennials by the time they turn 40, will still be single. And we're gonna have a drop of about, they say this is a prediction, that 70% of boomers uh, will, uh, you know, it's gonna be a 70% drop in marriages. Hmm. And uh, gender Xers, 82%. Uh, hmm. And so we are moving, you know, and I think that there's probably some religious people out there that truly believe that this is the way to be married. And then there's some kind of um, survivalists, if you will, creation people that will say, this is a natural phenomenon because you know, there's 7 billion people on the planet and we're here to survive and we're also here maybe to not 
generate as many children. I'm not sure, hmm. but um, I think it's an interesting conversation. But I know for sure that dating from a male perspective is majorly, majorly changing. So in LA, we have um, you know so many options for dating. Right, there's people everywhere. That everyone's good looking, everything, whatever. Yeah. So if you were guys, if you guys were giving advice, because we have to take a little break after this one, but if you're going to give advice to say that 25 year old you know, man that like really has a lot of desire, a lot of sexual desire, would you say, you know what, just go out and do it all and sow your oats and then, you know, and then come to whatever, or would you, I'm sure that you maybe have like some regrets of going, I wish I had done it a little bit different. What would you say, what would be, what would be your suggestion for that well, younger uh, guy out there, sure. right? Sure, I mean, my answer is pretty brief. Um, and again, I'm not saying go do this, but I, my experience is I'm kind of an uh, existentialist, meaning that I can't read a book and then follow it and go have my life work perfectly. I have to try things out. So if a 25 year old is saying, hey, I don't really feel like getting married right now. I think I need to experience different partners. Then I would say, yes, go do that. And just be honest with as people. As long as you're honest. Way. Yeah. Mm. Great advice. Love that, mm -hmm. Corey. I agree with Corey, uh, of course. But I'm gonna, <laughs> uh, maybe not, we'll see. Yeah. Um, for me, that's been my experience too, that experience is the only explanation. It is the only yeah. way to discover what's true for you. We have lots of ideas of what's true and they often are obstacles in the way of sort of discovering what's actually true. And so for sure, um, I would tell my younger self to um, you know, focus more on experiencing as much of life as humanly possible, but to do it as with, a, with as much awareness as humanly possible. Like really noticing how you feel when you have the experience. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we're so lost in our mind, in our head, or having experience, and then later we tell the story and the story sounds great, but we actually didn't enjoy what we thought we enjoyed or just the opposite. We you know, thought that we enjoyed it and we actually didn't. Um, so I think the challenge there is then to have, to sort of fail as often and as early as humanly possible. And from that you learn things I think that you, you know, mm -hmm. um, can take with you. Like, Such great advice. So we have to take a break, but when we come back, I want to play a fun game with you guys because they actually had a survey of millennials of some different kind of out of the box uh, way of thinking. So when we come back, we're going to play a fun game with these guys and see what they think about uh, what they would choose for themselves if they had to pick out of these strange, odd categories of dating. So stay tuned, you guys. Dr. Aaron here, Doctor of Divinity, teaching universal laws and spiritual truth. And I am thrilled to announce the new show on Focus Television right here in West Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. Join us weekly as I interview incredible people, celebrities to your next door neighbor, you name it, your girlfriend. We're going to dive into such topics as love and relationships, health and vitality, business and money and creative expression. And I'm thrilled to just go on this awakening journey with you as we tap into meditation, visioning processes, intuition, and all the above. So stay tuned as we do this together. Okay, and we're back talking about conscious dating and men. So we want to know a lot of stuff from these guys because they're highly, highly evolved. So Corey and Rob, I want to come back about the topic about where we're moving. We're moving away from traditional marriages. I mean, we're not fully away from it, but we're definitely moving in that direction. And so I think that there's a lot of stigmas. There's stigmas still about being single. So do you guys get that? I mean, I know that you guys may be in relationships or not, but I know you're not married. So do you think that there's still stigmas in the culture and how do you think people are gonna get over that? 
You want to start? Hmm. Sure. I think, uh, for, without question, there are stigmas, right? Mm -hmm. um, people ask me all the time, you're a dating coach. Are you single? You married? You know, so that I know right away um, that there are stigmas in the culture about that, that it's somehow good to be in a relationship or to be married, and that it's not so good to be single, um, generally speaking. Um, you know, for me, it's not a challenge for me personally, um, because I'm happy in both. Uh, so, yeah, not so much for me. What's your experience been? Um, yeah, probably the older I get, the more there is a little bit of that. However, it reminds me of something. There's a PhD psychologist out there named Marshall Rosenberg, pretty famous guy, won't take you too far down that road. But the reason I like what I learned from him was that there's a difference between the need you're trying to get met and the strategy that you're choosing to get the need met. Now, marriage used to be a strategy to fit in, to be normal, to get love, all those other things. Now we're recognizing that, and especially the younger generation, we might be able to get some of our emotional and relationship needs met without necessarily being in the marriage. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think I can see that that is happening. I do battle that somewhat myself. However, I look at the world around me as well, and I know a, a handful of people that are happily married to the very first person that they got married to. I know a lot of people who are unhappy in marriages, and then there's a mix among the others uh, that are no longer married. So um, am I open to marriage? Absolutely. Will I get married? Probably, but I'm gonna do it when, when it feels like it's a, gonna be a real strategy to be happy, not because I'm getting married, but because I found a partner that I'm excited about and we'll celebrate it that mm -hmm. way. Mm, I just love that. Can I say one thing? Yeah, Because mm -hmm. that was um, so poignant. And no, let's just end on that. Yeah, just done. <laughs> <'Cause that's> <laughs> <laughs> I will say that what I love about what Corey said there and what rings so true is that I think people are so relationship focused often that they miss the love. And that for me, it's the focus on the love and not how it manifests necessarily, right? So love for me is like the formless piece. I can love you whether we're in a quote unquote relationship or not. And I can love myself whether I'm in a relationship or not. And so for me, love is priority number one. Right? What form it takes in terms of the relationship itself is, you know, less important to me than being loving and feeling loved. And that's mm -hmm. something that's always up to me. And then even sort of higher than that for me is happiness. Because you can love people or not love people or feel loved or not feel loved and still be miserable. And so for me, happiness is absolutely priority number one. And from that naturally comes love. I think love flows from that place. And the form that it takes in terms of relationship or traditional relationship or what kind of relationship it takes or none at all much less important. Completely agree. It's fascinating. I mean, you know, some people may be listening in and think, oh, this is just their, you know, everyone's so selfish in that Western culture. You know, yeah. there's there's traditional uh, arranged marriages in some of the world. And we have this, it's fairly new, like in the last 50 years where we are uh, in relationships because we actually want to have love versus it fulfilling a societal kind of role and whatever. So it's really new. This whole thing's new to all of us. And uh, I do think that being authentic and just having the conversation is the most important thing around it. But um, I do think that there's a lot of stigmas. And I agree. I think there's a lot of people that are in, I mean, all the time people come to me that are in relationship and they're miserable. So whether you're single or not single, you know, it comes down to your own thing. And the mantra, like uh, I always say over and over again, which is the metaphysical mantra is, 
the primary relationship is always within and every other relationship is the projection and reflection of our ability or inability to love. And this is the ticket that I found is that the moment we assign somebody, our higher power as that relationship, we assign them as our source of joy. We instantaneously assign it as our source of suffering. Yeah. You can't have one without That's the right. other. So it's so fascinating. But okay, so what's so funny is that the millennials are just, I mean, they're really, I don't know if we have like detachment disorder as a culture now or what, but they did this fun survey, which is fun, but a little bit bizarre if you ask me. So it's done by USA Network. And so I want to ask you guys, I want you guys to kind of guess which of these five um, types of relationships won out of the millennials. So basically they gave them five options and they said, if you could have one choice of the type of relationship, which one would you have? Okay, so I'm gonna read them to you and then I want you guys to guess which one won. Okay, so the first one they called the presidential. And this is where vows last for four years, but after eight years, you can elect and choose a new partner. Okay, so that's number one. Number two was called beta. And they said it's a union that can be formalized or dissolved after two, a two-year period. Mm -hmm. So you got a beta test. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to beta test this one out. Number three is um, till death do you part, which means basically divorce would be illegalized, like completely illegalized. Um, the next one is multiple partner, kind of like a polyamory type of thing. It's like marriage can be with more than one person um, at a time, and each of whom fulfills a need in your life. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is what they call the real estate relationship and it's marriage licenses are granted for five seven or 30 years and after which the marriage must be renegotiated Oof. so which one do you think won the presidential the beta after two years it goes away death to you part multiple partner or the real estate not necessarily the one i would choose but to answer your question i'm guessing the real estate one one what wow do you think? good for you I'm guessing most millennials walked away from the survey, <laughs> did not answer, right, true, and said, right. I am not, you know, into any of those. So I want to cancel actually, yeah. At, yeah, at will. Um, I would say the one that required the least amount of commitment. Yeah. So it's beta 43. Oh, it is. Yeah, which is similar to the real estate, but basically after, dissolved after a two-year period. So, I mean, yeah, so, I'll read, brief, so the okay. presidential 21% voted for that, 43% voted for the two-year beta. Uh, till death do you part, 31%. Like, wow. that's interesting. And then multiple partner, 10%. I would have thought that would have been higher. And then the real estate, 36%. So it was, you were close. Wow. It was mm. right there, right? Shoot. Fascinating, right? You know, on the, it's funny, I don't know if we have time for this, but the multiple partner thing, I think, doesn't get quite the glamour that people think that it would. Because to me, the idea of being in multiple functioning relationships with multiple people sounds awful. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's more, it gets mixed up with people wanting to have sex with more than one person. Uh, but I think that <laughs> multi multiple marriages, no way. Oh it's, my gosh, uh, can you imagine? <laughs> no. Wow, wow, really? I know, right? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a big movement. I think uh, there's something even just on a meetup that I know, because I'm looking at all these stats, there's 3,600 uh, polyamorous people on a meetup of polyamory in Los Angeles. So it's a big, big movement. I, that. I personally have never been polyamorous, but I do think it's fascinating and I have a lot of friends that are. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was in a relationship one time where my partner 
knew a community of polyamorous people and we went to an event and it was almost like you got to check it out and explore it. and then we had a very conscious conversation at the beginning of the relationship and we said is that something that you want to participate in and we both decided not to but to me it's as healthy as anything else to go check out and say instead of judging it mm -hmm. let's at least have the conversation yeah completely so we've got to take a break but when we come back what i want to talk about because corey your show on uh on youtube that you had the mail room uh, we went over some of the hot topics. So these are the things we're going to talk about when we come back. Some of the viral videos were what men honestly think about women's bodies, um, what men honestly think about sex, are men emasculated in modern relationships, intimacy from a man's perspective, how long should I wait to have sex, and chemistry versus compatibility. So stay tuned as we get some brilliant, deep answers from these uh, men right here. Stay tuned. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to The Dr. Aaron Show. I'm thrilled to be here on this journey together. And I wanted to say that if you like, share, and comment this community, it's very important as we go higher together. I also want to invite you to download my app on everything from iTunes to iHeartRadio to Google+. I know right here and right now that each day I want to be in your life for 11 minutes, seven days a week, 365 days a year. There's also 30 guided meditations on there, along with all kinds of goodies. So have a divine day and may you live your truth. Okay, we are back in West Hollywood with Corey Jenkins and Rob Mack talking about sex, dating, consciousness, all the juicy stuff. And we're going to talk about Corey's uh, YouTube channel, The Mail Room. And over some years, they had their highest hit videos. Uh, and we kind of are talking about this topic. So I want to bring up the first one, which I think is probably the hottest topic. What men honestly think about women's bodies. Rob, why don't you start? Actually, before he gives That's all, his video. Video. he knows he's got all the real answers. So I want to know oh, your man. perspective first. That sounds like a setup right? to me. Um, what I, I, you know, I will say that most men I know love women's bodies, and they're a lot less judgmental about women's bodies than women could ever imagine. Beep, he got it right, yeah. right? Because we talked about this a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So what did, what did they say? Yeah, it was basically that we're not inside a woman's head so we're not having that experience to where we're worried about every little thing and both myself and my partner on the show said you know we're attracted to women it might be your hair it might be her butt it might be yeah. something else and we're going to find that and focus on it but ultimately when we want to connect we, we want to get to know mm -hmm. the person inside that because the, the physical is it's great and it it's awesome and we love it but it's not everything which is beautiful what he just said right because he said one of the things that the guys do naturally is they find one thing about a woman that they like physically and they focus all their attention there. And then that, you know, that sort of a defines them as a woman. And it's interesting if we could do that with relationships and focus on the one or two things that we love about that person and do it intentionally and deliberately and consistently, the entire relationship would blossom into something that was loving. Right, happy. right. Yeah, that's, if that's, we could just always focus on just what's right in our partner. Absolutely. Even if it's one thing. A literally. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of research on that, right? So that's the positive illusion that we mm -hmm, talk about. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. So let's talk about the next one. What men honestly think about sex. I mean, that's kind of general. What did that, that video, what was that meaning exactly? Well, you know, that was an interesting video because I produced it with several men on the panel. And so the opinions were different. 
Um, you know, there was a very conservative person in the video. Um, there was a guy who was in an open marriage that was in the video. Uh, I think I was very uh, vulnerable in sharing my own evolution, you know, from somebody who was very self-conscious about sex originally. Um, but the idea was that there is this, uh, there's this saying, right? Men need to spread their seed. Eh, maybe. Like, is there this urge inside of us to have sex and have sexual desire? Yeah, you know, women have it too. It's not talked about quite as much, mm -hmm. but that it's not the primary focus of how we look at women. Um, you know, when we're younger, maybe it dominates a little bit of the forefront of how we communicate to you, but we were kind of trying to dispel the myth. And it varies so much. I'm sure that there's a full spectrum of how a man's sex drive is completely varies. It'd be all over the board, I'm sure. Yeah, and also I think it's interesting now that it's we're more liberated from a gender perspective. I know women who have admitted that their sex drive is just as strong as a man's. It's just they've never been felt comfortable to talk about it before. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you know, it was but it was a lot of breaking taboos and and breaking down stereotypes and saying. You know what? We're actually all humans. You know, we might have penises, you might have a vagina, but the fact is, we all have some sort of desire in there, and we got to manage it and figure out how we connect with other mm -hmm. people. What do you think, Rob? Uh, I love it. I I would agree with you that I think there are sort of as many different perspectives as there are people, mm -hmm. right, and experiences as there are people. Um, and I would also say um, that I think men are often very conflicted about sex, and I'm not sure that it's always, um, yeah. you know, gets a lot of airtime. Um, I also think that a lot of men um, are much more, or just as interested in connecting with women emotionally, um, and that they recognize also that that enhances um, physical intimacy, no question about it. And so I think those things don't get as much airtime, and I think um, because of, for that reason, men often t uh, don't even discuss those feelings with each other. And so it becomes sort of, um, you know, a negative, um, sort of experience that men have and they think they're isolated. Oh, I'm so sad for you guys. He, he just <laughs> nailed it and, and you're right. It's because most men haven't been raised to think that I can be like, hey man, can I talk to you about yeah, this? Yeah, totally. So it, it means that generationally we've been bottled up. No question about it. I've, I have a lot of guy friends and I think most of them would love to have a relationship, of course, with the right person. But I don't. I rarely meet a guy that's just is like, oh, I don't want any of that. I just want sex. Like. You know, very rarely, you know, very rarely. Okay, so next is, um, I don't know about the emasculation part. Let's not go. How about intimacy from a man's perspective? Well, we kind of touched on that. How yeah. long? You, what? you know what? The, the one about men being emasculated in relationships was surprisingly. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't also think it was going to get that much attention. But it turns well, out. emasculated them just by not even talking about well, it. Right? Kind of. But, but, <laughs> That's right. Be quiet. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but it's related to some of the things we're talking about, right? Because now with women having so much more freedom, uh, they don't have the same needs that they used to have for a man. It used to be you needed a man for security. Now, well, Aaron, if I'm courting you, I'm going to use an old word like courting, and you don't actually need me for security, then you might have already developed a level of independence that I might, I might feel emasculated because you're strong on your own. So it was a fascinating situ or video, and yeah. honestly, I thought some of the men were kind of babies about the whole thing because they were like, oh, "We're being emasculated. Are you sure you're not emasculating <laughs> yourself?" Like, well, I don't know. Let's let's, let's recognize yeah. that uh -huh. there there is a different. You know, there's there's not a defined role for the woman uh, at this point. So let's let's see what happens. And I don't care if you're man or woman, straight or gay. You've got to go find out find a partner that matches up with you right. in those ways. So. 
and I think mm. all of us feel that way because with the, you know Instagram, you go on there and there's like, I mean, these women are behind they do the production and the filter and their bo body's perfect anyway. And then you're like, as a woman, you're like, okay, you know, so I'm sure it's happening all across the board, the insecurity, because there's just, it's in your face, the, the options and, and mm. the, you know, produce pictures and the glamour and TV and everything else for both sexes, for sure. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is, I mean, this is kind of, I mean, I don't know. This is an interesting question. How long should someone wait to have sex? Do you guys have an opinion on that? Well, I remember the video. That's one of the older videos, but I remember we had a panel. There were six of us, three men and three women, women on this. So we got a variety of responses. And my response is actually the same as it still was, which is, don't lead, it, okay, let's say you're trying to create a meaningful relationship. Don't lead with sex. Uh, I just think that sex, strangely enough, can prohibit the development of intimacy mm -hmm. because to me, intimacy is actually developed through being vulnerable and primarily through conversation first and great sex can be developed later. Uh, so my recommendation, not trying to sound old school, was kind of old school, mm -hmm. which is, yeah, resist the desire at first get to know the person, get through a few things that are a little bit embarrassing and you gotta be honest about before you have sex and then and then what's the worst that's gonna happen is you're gonna wait a little bit longer. Yeah. I don't know, what do you think? That's great, Corey. I agree, I think um, men and women don't give each other enough time to develop attraction for each other and to develop intimacy in the beginning, right? And so often, for instance, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, like a guy will sort of approach a woman and say right away she's beautiful or whatnot. Well, he's instantly given a lot of his power away, quote unquote, because he hasn't given the woman a chance to develop attraction or feel attraction towards him, mm -hmm. right? So part of the attraction that develops is develops because there's uncertainty and there's unpredictability in the situation. And that develops, you know, that creates a little bit of excitement about the whole thing. And the same is true, I think, when in the courtship process, that you have to give each other time to develop that sort of attraction mm -hmm. and to develop a sense of intimacy and connection with each other. And believe it or not, that enhances the sex. And it also clarifies whether or not that's something that you, you know, a road path or road that you want to go down. And so, yeah, I mean, I think um, I get not waiting and, uh, you know, and I think people need to have those experiences as well. But generally speaking, you're probably going to want to wait a little mm -hmm. bit. It's going to pay off in the end. Yeah, I'm a bit more old school for sure. but. <laughs> I try not have judgment if people are, you know, doing whatever they want to do as an adult, as long as they're being authentic and transparent. But I agree. And plus, you know, biochemistry wise, you know, I'm sure it, it, there's a whole a whole thing that happens chemi chemically wise. I can't even say it. I'm flustered just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so chemistry versus compatibility was the last thing. And well, you know, I'll say one more thing yeah. kind of on that subject, which was, I also think it's fascinating to look at early relationship development with or without alcohol. And this has nothing to do with my personal mm -hmm. philosophies on life, but what I will tell you is that if you can have that same dating experience with somebody without alcohol, related to whether you're gonna have sex early on in the relationship or not, mm -hmm. things change. When you're completely clear and dealing with your own emotions without masking them, even with a drink or two, I'm not talking about being inebriated, it's a different experience. Yeah. And again, I'm not preaching a certain way of waiting or not drinking, none of that. I'm just saying it's a different experience to go stone cold sober into the beginning of a relationship development experience with somebody and talk without having those crutches. Wow, what's so that true, like? Huh? It's <laughs> weird, it's weird. Sex, sober sex, that's a whole different thing, man. I'm telling what you. is that like? I got this wine multiple times. I don't really drink ever. So yeah, I, mean, I think it's just natural that's to have kind of just, like yeah. your like uh, But the, the, the normal first person on the first yeah. date is gonna go out and have a drink.
drink usually, I mean, especially in their 20s and 30s. That's, for sure, yeah. for sure. And, yeah. and so much of that, and when you think about it, why do people drink in the beginning? Well, often they're because they're nervous, right? And they're afraid of being authentic because they're afraid of the judgment that will come with that, right? Whether it's self-judgment or the other's judgment. And so that's why it's so interesting that you say that because if you can sort of set the precedent for that in the beginning, and not just about the drinking piece, but the larger point that he's making is around doing it consciously, like entering into dating and entering into relationships in a conscious way and setting the precedent so that later, you know, it's a much smoother, more enjoyable, mm -hmm. more effortless path. It's terrifying and it's exhilarating. I like, we all want to be right there, right? Sign me up for that class. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to go, but you guys, I'm just really honored to have you guys here. I think it's a really important conversation, especially, I mean, for women, of course, but especially for men. I feel like it's a time in history where they're really trying to find and, and find peace, that, that balance between what they really want versus what, what they're told they're supposed to want and um, mm -hmm. finding their authentic swing, if you will, in dating. So on that note, I know that there's so many questions that people probably have, and I look forward to many more conversations, some panels with some people, whatever. And the intention really of this entire thing was to, number one, just begin to have people just have a conscious conversation around it and have people be able to find their own truth and live their own truth from a heart space and living with, you know, we're, we're just like so blessed. We don't have any boxes anymore. We're like, yeah. it's the breakdown and the breakthrough all at one time and it's a little confusing out there. So I just want to say thank you guys so much. So they can, I want to make sure that the audience knows where they can find both of you guys. So it's robmack.com. It's Coach Rob Mack. Okay, coachrobmack.com and Corey L. Jenkins. So it's with an L and, and they're both coaches. They're both incredibly evolved um, men. So. Look forward to many more conversations, you guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day, you guys, and enjoy yourself, and may you live your truth.